Amen. Thank you, Lori, for leading so beautifully. We'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church on this beautiful Super Sunday. We pray that as you are coming into this place, you could feel the Holy Spirit. And it's our prayer that through this service, you will be drawn closer to the Lord or grow to have a relationship with the Lord through something that's said or done. We also give a special welcome to any first-time guests. If this is your first time worshiping with us, thank you for coming to be a part of this service. We invite you to go by the Welcome Center as you're leaving, and there will be a free gift, a small token of our love and appreciation for you being here today. And we'd love to get a little bit of information about you and give you some more information about us. I'd also like to welcome those of you worshiping with us online. Thank you for tuning in to be a part of this service but we are grateful that you are here. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. At this time, I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand. And as you do, tell someone what team you're cheering for tonight. Could you do that? <laughs>
morning as I was coming in for our group to practice, I heard a song on the radio, and I wanted to share the lyrics with you quickly. Bet you'll want to sing hallelujah. Bet you'll be singing a, saying amen. Can't help but celebrate being born again. We're to celebrate that. Somebody who loves you is waiting at this door. It's home sweet home here in the house of the Lord. Let's celebrate. He 
done great things. Lifted up, he defeated the grave. Raised to life, our God is able. In his name, we Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. Jesus says, he says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great that darkness. When I read, when I read this, I get a picture of Eden. When God created something good, called it good, ordained it as good. And then humanity reaches out to something that is less than obedience. And they fix their eyes on something that introduces darkness to light. They bring darkness into the whole body of creation. On a more personal level, and I think this is what Jesus is getting at. When you fix your eyes on things that are not of God, you introduce darkness to the body. When you fix your eyes on things that are not of God, you introduce evil into your own spirit. But when you fix your eyes on the light, when you fix your eyes on the things of God, seeking after his presence, seeking after his word and understanding, seeking after a sense of holiness in obedience, then we bring light into the body. 
So my challenge to you this morning as we come into prayer is to, what, is to ask the question, what are your eyes fixed on? Are they fixed on the things of the world? Are they fixed on selfishness? Or are they fixed on the edification, the raising up, the lifting up of the community of believers? Are they fixed on God's word? Are your eyes fixed on the light? So I'd like to invite you to come and join me at the altar as we go before the Lord in prayer. Will you come? Father God, we thank you for who you are and all that you do for us. We thank you for everything that you've done for us in the past, that you've forgiven sin, all of our sin, past, present, and future, and that when we are baptized into Christ Jesus' death, God, we were buried with him. And when we are raised up from the waters, God, we are raised up in his resurrection, clean, so that when God looks upon us, he doesn't see the filthiness God, of our own sin and corruption, but he sees the holiness, the perfect holiness of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you. And we should celebrate that every single day for today is the day of salvation. And God, this morning we bring to you all of these burdens that we carry. All the anxieties, all the stress, all the depression. All of our dreams and ambitions, God, we lay them at the foot of your throne. All the family members, God, who are sick. All the friends that are sick and dealing with things. God, we pray and ask for miracles. We also pray and ask for peace and comfort. For those are miracles within themselves, too. God, forgive us for the various ways that we have fallen short of your glory. And help us, God, to pursue holiness, not for any kind of boasting rights, but, God, that we would seek holiness, that we may draw closer to you and be representatives of your righteousness in a broken and fallen world. Thanks again, Lord, for, God, we surrender all of our, we surrender, God, all of our praise all of our honor and all of our glory unto your name and at the foot of your throne. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you, JT, for leading us in that prayer. And this morning, if you have your Bible with you, would you turn with me first to Genesis chapter 1, and if you want to hold your place there, and then we'll be reading over in Matthew chapter 3, but I'm so grateful today that after the reading of God's word, our choir will be singing. It's great to have our choir back after uh, being away. And we're grateful that one of our own, Julie Oswald, was willing to step up and help during this interim period as we are searching for someone for this full-time possession. Grateful, Julie, if you're back there somewhere. Um, for leading and choir, we welcome you back and we pray for you as you lead us in worship in just a moment. Begin with verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then over in Matthew chapter 3, begin with verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. 
At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you all for leading so beautifully. It was great to have you back singing today, and we're so grateful 
that you are here today to worship the Lord on this beautiful day. Always like to share a little humor to uh, get started before we talk about more important things. And thought it'd be appropriate with Valentine's Day uh, this week. Um, do you all know what flower gives out the most kisses on Valentine's Day? Tulips. <laughs> Tulips. Um, why do skunks? Why do skunks love Valentine's Day? They are sentimental creatures. Sentimental creatures. Why should you never fall in love with a pastry chef? He'll always desert you. That's it. Thanks for coming. Have a great day. Thank you. You all come back now. You know, it seemed like when COVID hit, everything came to a screeching halt. And then fear and worry and anxiety rocked us. And even though the pandemic, which we had never lived through a pandemic before, and even though the pandemic has officially ended, the virus still goes on, and many of you still have fear and have worry and have anxiety. Did you know that even before the pandemic hit in 2018, there was a study done by the American Psychiatric Association that said that 51% of Americans claim to have anxiety or anxious feelings. 51% have anxiousness or anxiety. Now think about it, that was before the pandemic. I would say that number is even greater now. In all ages, young and old alike, so many people have anxious feelings or have anxiety. And I would say there are many of you here today that have anxiety as well. You're anxious about something. You're anxious about school, young person, or anxious about playing on your team. You're, you're anxious about work. You're anxious about a relationship. You're anxious about some health issue or pain you're going through. You're anxious about the future. You're anxious about your spiritual relationship with the Lord, you're anxious about your eternity. We're all anxious at times about many different things. And maybe you're here today and you feel empty. You feel like you're walking in the darkness and you can see no light ahead of you. It's not by accident that a few weeks ago to begin this new year, I felt the Lord prompted my spirit to begin a sermon series on the Holy Spirit. And we've called that series Greater Strength because we all need greater strength, whether it's at school, at work, or in a marriage, or in a relationship, or battling our health issues, or, or growing in our walk with the Lord, or, or getting our spiritual houses in order. We all need greater strength. And we've looked at how the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised his disciples and us would be a helper, would be an advocate, would be a convictor of the guilt of our sin, to, to be our intercessor, to be the wind behind us, uh, to be the one that, that speaks on our behalf. We, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And today, maybe you're anxious again about something or someone. And the Spirit of God wants to help you and help me. He wants to give us peace, give us comfort, bring us salvation, bring us hope. And today, in these two passages of Scripture that we shared, we find out about the Spirit of God and how He continues to give us his power through his presence on a daily basis. And our first scripture we read out of Genesis chapter 1, and verse 2, Now the earth was, was formless and empty, 
and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The first thing I want you to understand today is the calming presence of the Spirit of God. The calming presence of the Spirit of God. This is the first mention of the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God who was present at the time of creation. Isn't that awesome? We see that the Spirit of God was hovering over this dark and frenzied world. And the first act of the Spirit of God would be to uh, bring calm to the chaos. Because if you would look at verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1, it said, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So we know that the Spirit of God brought calm in this dark and chaotic world. We see the uh, comparison of God to ancient Israel when he was uh, related to or referred to as a hovering eagle caring for his people. You, you look in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 11, and it said that the eagle raised up in its nest and was hovering over its young and spread its wings to catch them and then to carry them on its wings. So the image of God was an eagle hovering over. And, and we know that the eagle would bring comfort and calm to their eaglets when they needed uh, a calmness and they needed nourishment from the eagle. Well, the Spirit of God, we know, can calm us when our souls and our spirits are anxious and when we're worried about something. That's what the Spirit of God does. I've shared this on many different occasions, that story when Jesus was on the boat with his disciples in Mark chapter 4, and this unexpected storm or squall or tempest came out of the blue, and Jesus and the disciples were just going over across the Sea of Galilee, or, or Lake Genesaret was another name. And, and we know that when this storm came, Jesus was asleep at the stern of the boat. But the disciples were terrified. And they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And do you all remember what Jesus did in verse 39 of Mark chapter 4? Jesus stood up. He said to the wind, peace, be still. And immediately the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he looked at his disciples and he said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Isn't it great that we can have a peace and a calm in the middle of our anxiety and our anxiousness and our worry and our fear? I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. For God is not a God of disorder or chaos, but of peace. Did you know that? God is not a God of disorder or chaos, but of peace. And he wants to bring a calmness and a peace into your life. Now, I shared this at the early service, and I said that, my son wasn't here. He's here this service, so I'm going to probably embarrass him, but, and I'll have to pay him big money for sharing his name. But when my son Isaiah, our firstborn, uh, came into this world, when he got of age to where he could take in some sugar, um, and he would drink something with sugar in it or eat a cookie or something, he would get really hyper. I don't know where he gets that from, but when he would take that... <laughs> He'd take that sugar in, he would get very hyper, and Kelly and I would say to him, calm down, Isaiah. Calm down, Isaiah. And he knew it was time to, to calm down a little bit, and maybe you're here today, and you need to hear the words, and you put your name in to where Isaiah's name was, calm down, whatever your name is.
calm down. Sometimes we can get so, isn't it great to know the Holy Spirit is not over, not only hovering over us, but is inside of us and can bring calm in the midst of our anxiety. The Holy Spirit brings a calming presence. But then the Holy Spirit also brings a caring presence. In Matthew chapter 3, we read the beautiful story of, of Jesus being baptized by John, John the Baptist. And even though John tried to deter him, saying that he needed to be baptized, because John was preaching repentance and to be baptized. Jesus was perfect. He did not need to repent from sin. But yet we see in, in verse 16 of John chapter, or in Matthew rather, chapter 3, where Jesus at that time was baptized, and when he came up out of the water, the heavens opened up, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and alighting on him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Well, we've seen, again, many different descriptions of the Holy Spirit. Now we see the Holy Spirit as a dove. In scriptures, many times, we see the dove that is a feminine symbol. And we also know that in the Old Testament, the, the word for spirit is ruach, and it has a feminine uh, tense. And as a result, Max Licato said in his book, Help Us Here, that there are seasons when we need the strength of a father, and our Father God provides that. There are seasons when we need the friendship of a brother. And Jesus, our spiritual sibling, provides that. And then there are seasons when our souls and spirits are so troubled and filled with anxiety that we need the love of characteristics of a tender, loving mother. And that's what the Holy Spirit does, that the dove represents this tender, loving spirit. When we think about the fruits of the Spirit, found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, see if you have these qualities in your life, whether you're a mom or a dad or, or a single person or a young person, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And these are beautiful fruits that are to be grown in our hearts and lives, in the way we treat others, in the way that we live. But we also know that Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety upon the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. Now I shared at the early service, and I'll share with you that I can usually tell what kind of day my children have had by the way they shut the door when they come in the house. Can you all determine what kind of day your child or your spouse has had maybe? You know, if it was a good day, it might be a soft close. If it was a bad day, you know, they, they rocked the house, you know. And I will greet one of my children when they come in like that, and I say, hey, is, is everything okay? There's a gentle pushing of me out of the way. Where's mom? <laughs> is everything okay? I need to talk to mom. And I'm like, what am I, a potted plant? I mean, <laughs> can I help you? I, I need, mom, I mean, it doesn't matter. I've told you, Kelly can be downstairs and the children are upstairs. Mom, or it can be Kelly upstairs or downstairs. Mom, and I'll say, what is it? I need mom. They didn't want a sermon or a lecture from dad. <laughs> they needed a gentle listening ear from mom. And I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit not only again gives us calming spirits, but can care for us and love us in his arms with the, the tenderness that can come from a mother or someone who 
who cares, not just the sermon, but through a sweet spirit. But I'm so grateful today, not only do we have that caring presence, but we also have a confirming presence. In verse 17 of Matthew chapter 3, now after Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, and lighting on him, it said, and a voice of God in verse 17 came from heaven and said, this is my son whom I love and I am well pleased. When I've told people, you know, about baptism, why should I be baptized? I'll say, well, number one, Jesus was baptized and his father said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And if it was good enough for Jesus to please his dad, it should be good enough for us that we should desire to do the same thing. Now, why was Jesus baptized? He did not do the baptism that John of repentance. I think there were several reasons why Jesus was baptized. Number one, to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that we might know the righteousness of God. He was the perfect sacrifice. This was commending Jesus. This was God's approval. He was confirming that Jesus came to die for you and for me. Second reason Jesus was baptized, this began uh, his earthly ministry. It was the inception of his ministry. Jesus was 30 years old, and we know that he began at 30 a three-fold three ministry of preaching, teaching, and performing miracles. And so Jesus would die on the cross at 33. But we know that Jesus came so that he could begin, it was baptized, initiating or the inception of his ministry. Thirdly, he did it to identify with your sin and my sin. Again, he wanted to understand us in such a way, his humanness, that he would know our sin. And then lastly, he did it to set an example that we should follow to be baptized. Have you been baptized today? Some of you are here, maybe you've been coming to church for years and, and you haven't. I want to encourage you. Remember what Jesus said at the end of his great commission in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's the Holy Spirit that's with us, but we are to be baptized. Now, even though Jesus was perfect without sin, he was confirmed and affirmed from God. This is my son whom I love, and I am well pleased. Is God pleased with you today? Is God pleased with the way you've been living is God pleased with the way you've been treating people? Is God pleased with the things you've been watching? Is God pleased with what you've been listening to? Is God pleased with your life today? Now, I, I want to shift just for a minute and share with you that I bet I had 10 texts over the weekend of people wanting to know if I knew about what's going on over at Hughes Auditorium on Asbury University's campus. Because if you all haven't heard, a revival has begun. Now, I was privileged to go with my daughter Sophie uh, just not too awfully long ago when they celebrated the 50th anniversary when revival broke out in 1970 at Asbury. Some of you all remember that. And now, last Wednesday on the 8th of February, after their normal chapel service, some students decided after the service that they weren't finished yet, that they wanted to continue to worship. Now, let me tell you what had taken place during the service. There was a message about confession and repentance, which are needed ingredients for revival. And there they began to worship 
and stayed after the service to worship, and more people came and joined them. And then more people came and joined them. And now the description has been like I've tried to uh, relate to at this church, a field of dreams as cars have lined up going into Wilmore, people all over to, to go get a taste of or experience what we're praying. You all hear me pray all the time about revival and spiritual awakening. And that's why I believe not only me, but some of you have heard other pastors and preachers on podcasts and Christian radio that are also speaking on the Holy Spirit. It's not by accident that we're all talking about the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's been an earthquake in Turkey where over 20-some thousand people have died. There's unrest almost in every state in our country, and the Spirit of God is working and you know what? I think God's saying, it's time to get your house in order. I'm coming soon. And it's time that we get our houses, our lives. And if COVID wasn't enough to wake us up, what will to say we need to get our spiritual houses in order? Now, I want to comment on what someone in an article out of Kentucky today that was a pastor and a seminary professor at Southern, Tim Voger, who said, how do you know that this is really from God, referring to what's going on over at Asbury? Some people say it's just emotionalism. Everybody gets emotional. He said, how do you know it's really from God? And I love this statement. He said, it's not how high you jump, but how straight you walk when you land. There's a lot of people that can get emotional in church, and then go right out these doors living the way you've always lived. A true test of the movement of God is when there's repentance and change in the way that you live. That's a good indicator of how straight you're walking, how you're living. Your actions speak louder than your words. I remember when I was a youth minister, we'd get back from a youth retreat or, or a mission trip or something, and, and everybody was on a spiritual high. Everybody's crying when we'd have our last service, and, and then they'd come back and go back to living their lives just like they did before. Real change is the mark. That's why when we prayed for revival, we've used 2 Chronicles 7:14 when the Lord said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And I love that we, what Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 9, for the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. Listen, but everyone to come to repentance. You know what that means? I was living this way, and when I repent, I change my mind, I change my heart, I change my direction, and I start living in a whole new direction. That's a sign that you've had true repentance in your life. And I'm praying for revival, and I'm praying that God's going to keep, we're, if the time permits, we're going to try to get over there too. I just talked to a brother who was talking about just coming from there, spent six hours there last night, and how his description that the Holy Spirit was thick. I want that always to be the case here. The Holy Spirit is thick in this place. And we are brought to conviction, and we're brought to confession, and we're brought to repentance from our sin. So I pray today that whatever's going on in your life, that you know how much God loves you, that he will forgive you, but you have to humble yourself and come to him and confess your sin, ask for his forgiveness, and he will forgive you, and he will be with you always. Are things where they need to be in your life today? Don't leave this service without being sure that you are where you need to be in your walk with Christ. If you've never given your heart and life to him, it'd be my privilege to pray with you. 
There's no such thing through the years we've made up a prayer called the sinner's prayer. I mean, there's a passage out of 1 John 1, 9 says that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you or purify you from all unrighteousness. But many times, many of us have prayed a prayer that a pastor or a parent or someone prayed with us a sinner's prayer. Dear God, much like this, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. If you could pray something like that and mean it, you could begin your, your spiritual journey. You can pray it in your own words. Maybe you're a Christian, and you've gotten out of the game. You've been on the sideline, and you know it's time because we're not promised tomorrow. You want to contribute. You want to be a part of the winning solution instead of the losing problem. It's time to say, I want to be a part. I want to be a part of what God is doing, and I believe the revival he is beginning. I want to be a part of that. Or maybe you're looking for a church. I love this church. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Where there are people, there are imperfections. But as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, and that's another sign of revival when the focus is on Jesus and no one other person, it's on Jesus. And if you're here and you want to be a part of a church that tries to keep the focus on Jesus, we'd love to have you to be a part of this family of faith. But in a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of commitment, an invitation, and I hope that you will be able to sing it and mean it, that it is well with your soul. And if it's not, you can get things right now before it's too late. Won't you come as we sing or as we pray before we sing? God, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment. There might need to be some people that need to confess their sin today and ask for forgiveness. Someone may need to come kneel at this altar. Someone may need to go to a friend or a loved one and say, I'm sorry, I've hurt you. Forgive me. And if we're going to have true revival, there's got to be honesty and humility and truthfulness. God, we know that you can spot a faker. You can spot someone who's being untruthful. You know us inside and out. And Lord, I pray today that if there's someone who doesn't know you, it would be my privilege, Lord, to pray with them so they could begin this journey. Lord, maybe there's people that made commitments many years ago. They never followed through with baptism. We must be in obedience to your command to be baptized, an outward symbol of our inward faith. We're on God's team, and we want the world to know I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Or, Lord, maybe there are people that need to come to, to be a part of this family of faith. And instead of complaining about everything that's wrong, they can help us to fix those things that aren't right so we can be more effective in, in reaching our community, our state, our country, and our world. So, God, may your Holy Spirit move us through this time of decision. And we'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and come. And I shared this at the early service. If you don't want to walk by yourself today, you lift your hand and I'll come walk with you so you don't have to walk by yourself. If you want to come forward and you don't want to walk by yourself, the Holy Spirit will be with you. But if you want me to, I'll, I'll be happy if you lift. I'll come walk with you. But won't you come as we sing this beautiful hymn of faith.
can we just go to the Lord in prayer right now? Father, we just come to you to, to lift up our sister, Bobby. Um, Father, we don't know what's going on, but you do. And we pray, Lord, that your healing hand would be upon her, your anointing would be upon her, and Lord, you would be with her husband, Michael, and you would be with those medical professionals tending to her right now. And Lord, we just pray that you would just restore her health and give her a calmness and a peace in the midst of this um, struggle that she's facing right now. And Lord, we just pray for others maybe that are struggling, not with the physical need, but maybe this spiritual warfare. God, there's a tug of war going on. And we know that the battle belongs to the Lord. And we know all things are possible for those who believe. And so, Father, we pray for healing in every way. We pray for victory. We pray, God, that with your stripes, with your wounds, she is healed and, and we are healed, God. And so, Lord, we just, uh, again, love you. And we give you all the praise and the glory for being faithful to us and promising to always be with us. Bless the Rory family and, and bless each one here in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I appreciate so much your prayers that you would continue to lift up Bobby and whatever's going on with her. And I thank you, church, for being a church that always welcomes the Spirit of God in this place. I'm humbled. We're humbled and honored. I believe God resides where he's welcome, and we welcome him here, and we desire for him to be here, and we want him to be in control of everything, the music, the message, the, the teaching of our children and our students and our Sunday school classes, our deacon ministry, every ministry, the manna house ministry, we want it all to be led by the Holy Spirit, and I'm grateful we strive to do that. But thank you all for being here today. Let me remind you that tonight, I know there is a ball game going on, but we still are having a Coffee and Connections at 6. And I believe our other groups are meeting as well. But if you want to come to Coffee and Connections, bring your favorite appetizer or hors d'oeuvre. Or you don't have to. Or you can bring my favorite, whichever. <laughs> but come join us as we'll be... Uh, fellowshipping uh, over in the children's wing gathering area and the game will be on the youth are having a Super Bowl party I think they're gonna have food as well and fun and our children I believe are meeting going over their music it's gonna be a great time for the whole family so we invite you to come back and if not we hope to see you on Wednesday night but I hope you all know how much that my family and I love you all and that God loves you even more. And I hope that you will go from this place encouraged to tell someone that you love them this week, okay? I am grateful Julie Oswald is willing to fill in uh, during this interim period. And Julie and ladies, if y'all would lead us in a closing song and then I'll pray. Thank you all. May we pray, God, may that be our prayer through this week, that there would be more about Jesus and his love and less about us. And we'll just give you all the praise and the glory that your spirit not only hovers over us, but resides in us. So may we have that strength to live out our faith each day in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.